0: Welcome to The Art of Significance with your host, Hall of Fame speaker, New York Times best-selling author, university professor, gold record songwriter, and award-winning athlete, Dan Clark. Get ready for engaging discussions with some of the most influential people in the world who will impart their wisdom, stories, and inspiration on why and how to achieve the level beyond success. Now here's your host, Dan Clark.
1: How are you? Welcome. Wherever you are in the world, it is always good to tune in. You know, we all know that the teacher or the instructor learns a heck of a lot more than the student or the listener, because we have to get our thoughts together, we have to crystallize our thinking, and we have to learn the life lessons that have come our way in between these on-air episodes. So I have about seven days to live my life to the fullest, to take a chance, to go to the edge and to hopefully get that different perspective on life. And I challenge all of you to do the same. I've had some extraordinary experiences being interviewed by John Lee Dumas. He and I have become great friends now down in Puerto Rico. You know, God bless him and the rest of the folks in Puerto Rico as they do their best to recover from the hurricane. But John Lee Dumas, uh, Entrepreneur on Fire, his podcast is awesome and He interviewed me for the entire show and then we've talked since many times and I just appreciate the opportunity of associating with people like him. I was on Pat Flynn's uh, podcast. He's got about 100,000 plus listeners every single week and he interviews individuals like me. I suppose I should throw myself in the ring that have something to say. So I take a lot of pride in being the host of this Influencers Channel show called The Art of Significance Achieving the Level Beyond Success. You know, I've never really taken multiple minutes to just talk or teach what I've learned about life. And so today I wanted to do so. My other two guests, one is a recurring guest, dear friend, old friend by the name of John Hewlett, who spent 30 years as a business tax and estate planning strategist and he was a premier professional in his field underwriting over a billion dollars of insurance and raising several billion dollars for charities and other philanthropic causes. We're going to talk to him about what he's up to from a nutritional perspective and how dedicated he is to helping our veterans and our troops and everyone else in this world. And my other guest today is going to be an extraordinary conversation. And she's got to have one of the coolest names I've ever come across. Her name is Dr. Bonita Quakenbush Roberts. Yeah. And her husband, Gary, together founded what is called Avalon Hills Eating Disorder Treatment Center way back in 2003. Benita is a psychologist with 20 plus years of clinical experience working with kids, teens, and adults with a wide range of mental health challenges. And my job in the beginning of this show, obviously, is to set the stage, set the table for this amazing mental meal that we're about to partake of, of which we are about to partake. I should not leave a sentence or end a sentence in a preposition. I'm so sorry. Anyway, my book, The Art of Significance, you know, I did my book tour And the most frequently asked question of me was, how did you come up with such a title? What does the art of significance mean? And, you know, I I was kind of one of the front runners who started talking about significance. And now, as usual, everybody else is jumping on the bandwagon. And I take a lot of pride in being one of the first to differentiate between success and significance, let me tell a story about a football teammate of mine who was drafted into the National Football League in the second round by the Philadelphia Eagles. And after two years in the league at the, at the Eagles organization, he was traded to my Oakland Raiders. After four years total in the National Football League, playing at a superstar level, one day he walks out of practice, quits, never to play again. Why? He loved being a football player, but he hated playing football. Ha. Any of you? You feel shackled to your company, your job, and actually believe in your heart of hearts that you have to wait for your company to tell you when you can retire. And usually it's at about that 30-year mark where you're holding out for a gold watch with no golden parachute. And now with the economy, has it's gone up and down and the crash in 2007, 2008, And all the other variables that go into our economy, a lot of us can't just stop working at age 55 or age 60 or the classic retirement age of 65. We have to just keep plugging along. Well, that's good. I don't want to die with my music still in me. I don't want to spend my entire life focused on being somebody that I'm not. And as my dad used to say, you got to be the best you you can be, Danny boy, because you're going to make a lousy somebody else. If you spend your entire life trying to be somebody else, who is going to be you? And each of us has been born into this world for a reason. It's sad that our military veterans are killing themselves to to the number of about 22 souls a day. 22 veterans or troops in our military are taking their lives. They're completing their suicides at 22 a day, every day. And we have theories and we have th- explanations and the PhDs always want to weigh in on the situation and the causes and everybody has a theory. With all due respect, the people that we need to interview have died. And looking for red flags and looking for the warning signs, that's always good. And that that's what most doctors and therapists and psychologists pontificate about is this is what we need to look for and this is what we need to do to prevent people from attempting suicide and especially completing their suicide you notice that i don't say committing suicide that's wrong it's 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 not a mental illness it's completing their suicide and in my experience most people who take their lives don't want to die they're they're struggling to take control of their lives, and they're reaching out and crying out in any way possible to please help me make my life matter. So what I wanna do is I wanna just focus in on this time together, just you and me, talking about the 12 highest universal laws of life-changing leadership that I've illuminated in my book, The Art of Significance of Achieving the Level Beyond Success. You see, what happened was I was always intrigued by so-called principles of success that turned out to be limiting beliefs. And one of the first red flags that came up in my life was reading the book, Good to Great. Now, I've been on the program many times with Jim Collins, and he was a great Stanford University professor, and his book, Built to Last, was wonderful. He's an extraordinary human being, an extraordinary researcher, and a great speaker. But isn't it interesting that within nine years of publication, 50% of the examples that Jim Collins gave in his book Good to Great as great organizations were obsolete. The book was published back in 2001 and by 2009, 50% of his examples of great organizations were no longer to be found or they had screwed themselves up or screwed us up because we tried to follow their examples. Where's Circuit City? replaced by Best Buy, who as of 2017, excuse me, owns over 25% of market share. Where's Borders and Blockbuster? Where's Fannie Mae, who single-handedly brought down the US and the world and the universal economy? There's people in Mars that are still ticked off with Fannie Mae. What is my point? At some point in our lives, we've got to challenge the status quo. And most of us have have been raised to believe and we understand from the world of medicine that prescription before, prescription before diagnosis is malpractice. So we've always been trained to believe that we better ask questions and we better ask the right questions in order to get the right answers. Are you with me? Well, here's the interesting thing. That at some point in our lives, don't you think we ought to stop just seeking answers to questions and actually take time to challenge the status quo and question the answers? In our world of fake news, and President Trump is not the first one that he's the first one that coined it fake news, but he's not the first one to point it out. Because each of us, if we took the time to analyze the reporting that goes on in in, in our news media, of events that we have actually been eyewitnesses to, we will all testify under oath that that the reporters left out key elements or they completely changed the message of the event or the outcome of the event or whatever happened. My first experience with this was when I was invited to go over to Iraq, Afghanistan, Kuwait, Qatar, Bahrain, United Arab Emirates, any country that was that was fighting our, it was part of our coalition fight against the global war on terrorism. And my first invitation was way back in 2005. I went for 16 days, spoke 23 times on 12 bases and out of the USS S. Truman aircraft carrier over 30,000 of our bravest men and women. It changed my life forever. And I remember right before I left on January 31st, 2004, they conducted the very first free election in Iraq. Iraq is a country the size of our state of California. And I remember flipping from channel to channel, from network to network, to try and catch the reporting of that significant event in Iraq, because I was headed there in February. I was headed there in about a week and a half. And I was intrigued because every single one of the networks reported that we had 11,000 explosions, that some innocent people were injured, 11 explosions. So that was on my mind. And obviously my family was concerned because I was going over into harm's way. I was going downrange to speak to the combat troops for 16 days all over Iraq. And here's what happened, my friends. Eventually, I found myself at Camp Victory, which is in Baghdad, Iraq. And it was an interesting place. I had extraordinary experiences speaking in Saddam Hussein's you know, grand ballroom and spending the night in his, in his guest bedroom where the, 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 the toilet was made out of mother of pearl. And yeah, I stole the key. It's hanging in my wall of fame. And as I was there at Camp Victory, I had an opportunity to meet the individuals who actually, from the U.S. and from the United Nations and our coalition, I actually had an opportunity to interview each of these individuals who had conducted this first ever free election in Iraq on January 31st. They were the ones that delivered the ballots, they're the ones that collected the ballots, they're the ones that counted the ballots and declared the victors in each of these counties or each of these these communities they showed me the plat map on the wall of where all of the polling stations were that particular day there were 5578 polling stations in iraq again a country the size of california 5578 polling stations and yes tragically there were 11 explosions But when you put that into perspective, that was a very phenomenally successful day. Oh, my gosh. And in America, all they did was report the 11 explosions. Are you kidding me? So when I returned, being the only civilian that had been invited to go and speak to our troops, the only motivational speaker to go and speak to the troops downrange about team building and leadership and motivation and resiliency and relationship management, when I returned, I was kind of the, the new kid on the block. Curious producers from television and radio shows constantly called me and wanted me on the show. I was on a national television show, which will remain anonymous. It was a point-counterpoint show. And the, 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 the left side of the aisle, the, 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 the liberal thinking guy, and that's how they called themselves, the liberal and conservative on this television show, they would banter back and forth and discuss the different aspects and different sides of policy and politics. I get it and we enjoy those shows. But this one particular journalist, he kept asking me negative questions with the intent to solicit a negative response. And I got tired of it. He asked me questions like, so because our, our policy in Iraq is failing, Obviously, the, the men and women in uniform are are, are, are depressed and and, and and really disgruntled, aren't they? And I'm scratching my head like, what? And another question would be like, you know, because of our, our policy in Iraq is not what it was. And because we're not finding weapons of mass destruction and the coalition is not blah, blah, blah. I'm sure that uh, we need to get out of there as quickly as possible and that the Iraqis hate us. And finally, I put my foot down on television and I said, I know what you're doing and this is ridiculous. I said, you've got to stop asking me negative questions because you're curbing the truth. You're distorting the truth. And he got all indignant and said, what do you mean? You're saying we don't, uh, we don't report the truth? And I said, no, there's a, there's a checks and balance system in place for our media and we have to somehow trust that process. But I said, what you're doing is you're asking me negative questions that I could give a true answer to, a negative answer of truth. Why don't you ask me positive questions so you can allow me to give you a positive answer of truth? He says, what do you mean? I said, is Michael Jackson one of the greatest songwriters of any era, of any generation? Yeah. Is he one of the weirdest ducks that's ever been born on any planet? Yeah. Both answers are true. One is positive, One is negative. In the media, we call that confirmation bias, where the producers of the show select guests that are experts, but they're experts on their opinion and their side of the issue. And so even though they're telling us true things, they're focusing in on their aspect, their opinion, and they're couching their facts and figures in in a way that they want us to believe versus the other side. And now you know why CNN goes head to head with Fox and Fox goes head to head with CNN. We need to understand, my friends, that there are not two sides to every story. There's only one truth, one whole truth, one side to the story, and that's the complete truth. Some things are true, whether you believe them or not. Everybody's entitled to their own opinion, but nobody's entitled to the wrong facts. And we should not believe everything that we think. As we go to commercial break, let me illustrate that one, why while we're at break, you can let that percolate and incubate for a moment, that we definitely should never believe everything that we think. From which podcasts are you getting your information? Which radio shows are you tuning into for your true information? And that's why I don't, I don't want to be biased. I'm trying to come to middle ground and not talk politics but talk policy. We shouldn't believe everything that we think. Illustration. On September 11th, 2001, that was a horrific day in American history where those 19 hijackers crashed planes into the World Trade Center, into the Pentagon, and eventually brought down United Flight 93 in the fields of Pennsylvania. And 30 days, for 30 days after September 11th, our youngest, most impressionable children, 12 years of age and under, sixth graders in school and under, they would come to school in a total state of paranoia, trepidation, loud noises scared them to death. They could not concentrate. And finally, the American School Counselors Association decided to get to the heart and soul of it. They wanted to get to the bottom of this fear. And so they issued a one-question survey to students in all 50 states, 6th graders and under, 12 years of age and under. And the question was, what happened on September 11th? Describe it. And to a T, students from every one of our 50 states said on September 11th, evil men stole jets, crashed them into buildings, killing thousands and thousands of people, and they kept doing it. Whoa, what we as adults, what we as educators failed to realize is that our youngest, most impressionable children could not differentiate between video replays and live television and bless their hearts because every school, classroom, every library, every home, every retail outlet that had a television set had it on one of the networks reporting the horrific events of September 11th. For 30 days in a row, our youngest, most impressionable children saw those buildings hit by those airplanes 10 to 20, maybe 30 times a day for 30 days in a row. It's tough enough for us to deal with reality let alone misconceptions. Think about that as we come back and I continue to illuminate and truly focus in on a few of my 12 highest universal laws of life-changing leadership because the 12 principles of success that we've submitted to, that we've subscribed to all these years turn out to be limiting beliefs proven by good to great and other business gurus. And what I did is I replaced the 12 highest or most common Principles of success that were supposedly, you know, non-debatable with irrefutable laws of the universe. So my book never has to be updated. Think about it. This is Dan Clark, voiceamerica.com, the Influencers Channel. Yes, we will return and I'll have my guests join me shortly, but I still want to, to talk to you heart to heart, man to man, man to woman, spirit to spirit about truth and about whole truth laws of the universe. We'll be back in a
2: moment.
3: Hear the stories, be motivated, be inspired. Join us today. Voice America Influencers.
4: I just got out of a meeting where the unbelievable Dan Clark was the keynote speaker. He is clearly the most interesting man in the world. He's been in space. He reminded us to think bigger. He's a primary contributor to those chicken soup books. And he inspired all of us to make our lives matter. He taught us how to deal with change like he had to when he had to recover from a paralyzing football injury. Everybody needs to hear his message on leadership and safety and how he turns last place NFL teams into Super Bowl champions. Call this number 1 800 676 1121 and visit danclark.com.
5: I'm busy and so is my family. Leftover pizza and unhealthy takeout isn't really doing it for us anymore.
3: This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired.
0: You're listening to The Art of Significance featuring your host, Dan Clark. If you want to join in on this week's discussion, give us a call at 1 866 472 5795. Again, that's 1 866 472 5795. Or drop down a line via email to danclark at xmission.com. Now back to the Art of Significance. Here again is Dan Clark.
1: So hopefully you've been percolating. You've allowed this, this comment, this commentary to percolate and incubate while we're at, at commercial break. Only for a couple of minutes. But please, I'm, I'm begging the world to stop thinking in a, in a partisan way. And start asking ourselves questions like, so why are you a Republican? Or why are you a Democrat? Or why are you an Independent? If you are a sexist, if you think you're a male chauvinist chauvinist pig and think you're better than women, or if you're a woman feminist and you think you're better than men, whatever the case may be that causes our social dysfunction, we need to finally start asking ourselves, from whom did we learn that? Because you go to a hospital and you look through the window of the nursery, and every single baby cries for the same reason. They laugh for the same reason. They want to be held. They want security. They want food. They want to feel love. And as we grow older, we don't have a language until we associate with those speaking that specific language. So if you take a newborn baby and you whisk him out of the hospital nursery and you immediately take him to China, obviously he's going to grow up speaking Chinese, regardless of what he looks like on the outside, regardless of his ethnicity, he's going to grow up speaking Chinese and being a communist. The same thing happens with Russia. The same thing happens in North Korea. The same thing happens in in, in America, And so we have to understand that at some point in our lives, it's time for us to stop and ask ourselves, why do we believe what we believe? Who in the media has bamboozled us to believe this way or that? And instead of couching behind the excuses that there are two sides to every issue, no, there's only one pure truth. And at some point, we've got to stop asking questions and start questioning the answers about what allows us to transform our lives from successful to significance. And yes, later on in the show, I really am going to revisit that topic, and I'm going to illuminate a couple of my, my irrefutable, highest universal laws of, the, of, of life-changing leadership that I really have dissected and delivered in my book, The Art of Significance. But having said that, it's more than serendipitous to say timing is everything, and my next guest, as I said at the beginning of the show, is not just a dear friend of mine, not just a hero to many, not just a, an, an influencer extraordinaire, an example of what it means to not only work hard to become successful, but then to turn your successful education, your successful experience, your successful business acumen, your successful ability to make millions of dollars and turn it and transform it into being significant where you reach out and help others and not just financially, not just writing a check or hosting a charitable event like John Hewlett, my next guest has done so many times. But now what is he, what has he done? He has taken his knowledge, his experience, his passion for health and wellness all of his connections, and he's taken it to the next level to challenge the status quo. And as I said, John Hewlett, of all my friends and buddies, he challenges the status quo and really accepts the challenge of the universe to question the answers. And because of that, he's developed and and spearheaded as the forerunner for his company called Cardio Miracle, which is Obviously, Nobel Prize-winning medicine. Let me just share a little bit about what he's been doing lately, and then I'll bring him on on the air. Obviously, when you start talking about individuals who have made a difference, who don't want to die with their music still in them. John Hewlett spent 30 years as a business tax and estate planning strategist. He was a premier professional in his field underwriting over a billion dollars of insurance and raising several billion dollars for charities and other philanthropic causes. Remember, I read this at the onset of the show. In 2007, John faced a serious health challenge. Whoa, wake up call, but no, he didn't just check himself into a hospital. He didn't just close the drapes and the shutters in his home and say, I'm going to deal with this. What did he do? He used his passion, creativity, imagination, and his resources to take what he was discovering to heal himself to the rest of the world. I hope all of us can say that before we take our last breath. In 2007, John faced a serious health challenge which led him to seek out alternative remedies to invasive surgery to deal with his genetic heart issues which were potentially fatal, and I hope you talk about your family history, John. His quest led him to discover nitric oxide supplementation, which eventually led to the reversal of his condition, and now he's just some handsome stud muffin hunk of burning love that just gags me. He's just so, some men are, are, are handsome and he's pretty. It just ticks me off. John was determined that his nitric oxide supplementation needed to be taken to the next level. So in 2014, along with his business partner and cousin, Sean Hewlett, he formulated the most advanced and cutting-edge proprietary product he calls Cardio Miracle. He has collaborated with experts in the science, nutritional, biochemist, medical, and alternative health icons in his work and formulations. You can find out what, he, what he's manufactured and what he brings to the world at Cardio Miracle. He's going to talk about that. Welcome to the show, my hero, my brother, John Hewlett.
7: I feel like uh, I, I definitely need to get a recording for my funeral talk for you. That's great. <laughs> Thank you very much.
1: Nobody's like you, brother. You know that. but I want you to know that I know that. <sighs>
7: Oh, thank heavens! Thank heavens that it is. But you know, I, I met somebody the other day. Your your guest uh, a week or two ago, uh, Tuck Jones, Kentucky Jones. He's oh yeah. He's uh, he's cut out of the same bolt of cloth, I think, that Dan Clark, John Hewlett, and himself are cut out of. I I've rarely met somebody like him. He's a very interesting and uh, tremendous character, and doing great things for the veterans.
1: That's why I wish I could have your son on my show because he's a premier entertainer, but he can't pull faces on the radio. So there you go. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you've always uh,
7: been one of my favorites, uh, Dan. I was a few years older, but my gosh, the things you've accomplished in your your life. uh, I've been uh, on the front row being able to watch it, and uh, it's amazing. And I just so admire your commitment and your and your integrity and honesty and speaking up, you know, this is the time for people to speak up truth. And, uh, it's not a time to be, um, you know, sugarcoating anything because, uh, life and death. And, uh, there's a lot of, there's a lot of misinformation uh, out there. And, uh, part of my mission is to help uh, educate people so they can make informed choices with regards to their own health. And that's, that's the reason I'm on this particular path at this time in my life. And it's, very difficult, but it's extremely fulfilling when I see the results we're having from some of our nation's finest. Uh, we're having amazing results with their uh, their complications of Agent Orange and uh, the anthrax vaccination, which in the last couple of uh, war endeavors has completely uh, debilitated tens of thousands, if not more, of our, our great veterans. And uh, yep. my heart goes out to them, but I'm delighted to be hearing results from the field that that their quality of life's improving which they certainly deserve.
1: Yes sir. So we're we're going to d- dive deep into that that science and that technology, but I want to based on what I said before I brought you on the air John, fake news is everywhere. And one of the things that we have to continuously remind ourselves about is who has the money, who has who has the the, the exposure. And when I <laughs> When I spoke in Russia on national TV and my, 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 my speech, my 90-minute speech was broadcast live to all 15 Commonwealth of Independent States, when I returned back to the television station downtown Moscow, I wanted to see the video replay. And when we pulled into the parking lot, there were four tanks, one parked in each of the four directions. There were AK-47 carrying soldiers creeping around, three levels of, of security, barbed wire fences, unbelievable barricades. And what c- occurred to me is that the most highly guarded and fortified building in all of Moscow and all of Russia was not the Kremlin where I'd spoken. It wasn't the White House where I'd spoken. It was the television station. Why he or she who controls the hearts and minds of the people controls the people. And if you put that back into my experience on on network television when I returned from Iraq and Afghanistan the first time in 2005 that I talked about earlier in the show, he or she who controls the conversation, excuse me, he or she who asks the questions controls the conversation, and he or she who controls the hearts and minds of the people control the people. So my question to you, Jonathan, is when you go to a doctor with an ailment Why isn't he or she the first ones to explain the significance of nitric oxide? Why do they prescribe medication manufactured by pharmaceutical companies who seem to have all the money and influence in Washington, D.C.? Talk to us about that, brother. I want that truth to come out before we dive into the significance of nitric oxide and your amazing cardio miracle.
7: Well, the history lesson, Dan, is that in the uh, you know, really, in the World War One era, um, the majority of the United States was dealing with what they call homeopathic or natural-based medicine, and a group of industrialists, and they're the well-known names—Carnegies, uh, uh, Rockefellers, etc.—got together. Uh, essentially, had put together pharmaceutical companies, and they started in going out and only funding uh, medical schools that would teach uh allopathic or drug therapy and uh, since they controlled the drugs uh they wanted to control the system and over uh, a period of less than a decade or two we went from having well over a thousand uh, homeopathic uh, medical training systems to one or two and that that's when the system changed and since that time even in 1968 by a political vote in the US Senate uh, it was determined that cholesterol was the cause of cardiovascular disease. It was a hotly debated topic, and um, interesting enough, George McGovern passed uh, cast the deciding vote that cholesterol was the cause of heart disease. And since that time, we got uh, statin drugs, Lipitor, Crestor, all of those, and um, everyone's you know been told they need them. And the reality is, they they uh, diminish your cholesterol in your body, and diminishing the cholesterol in your body is like running your car on one quart of oil instead of on eight quarts of oil. And uh, people have had all kinds of problems, and as they've educated themselves, they see that certain of these drugs are now outlawed in uh, other places in the world, but our system is uh, governed by uh, the pharmaceutical industry. When you look at the, the heads of the pharmaceutical industry and the heads of the um, uh, AMA and the FDA, it's all the same people. Um, just rotating the chairs. And so the reality is we have a system that is governed by drug therapy and surgeries. And uh, I was surprised recently to see that the 85% of the revenue of major hospitals comes from cardiovascular surgery. That's stents and open heart surgeries, et cetera. And anyone who knows, a a stent takes now about 15 minutes and costs about 20 to 40,000, depending on which part of the country you live in. And open heart surgery goes from 80,000 to a couple hundred thousand. And so they're even that's why now the, that's, determining why, the doctor, that that's
1: why the doctors in, were, that's why sometimes the
7: doctors over 90% of the cases are, are ineffective ultimately. And even the, the open heart surgery situation that people would have been better off uh, perhaps pursuing other things. So I was grateful that I avoided that. Now, I'm not saying that that's the case, and I'm not a medical doctor, and I'm not, you know, telling people what they should or shouldn't do. But as I became educated, it became clear to me that once the Nobel Prize was awarded for what nitric oxide could do for the cardiovascular system—dilating arteries, clearing the artery of plaque, etc.—that was impressive to me. And the hundreds of hundred thousand plus studies ever since then, in the last twenty years, continue to prove the amazing impact that nitric oxide, produced by your own body that if you can signal that and increase your nitric oxide, you're going to have much better cellular health than those who don't. And that almost every malady, every chronic illness is associated with lower levels of nitric oxide. And as we get older, it's called aging. We don't produce as much unless we're, you know, vigorously uh, athletic, have great genetics, and uh, and eat uh, certain types of plant-based foods and things that help stimulate nitric oxide. So, essentially, the system was taken over years ago, and I, I hate to say that. I, I, I didn't grow up thinking this way. It's just from my own research and talking and listening to a lot of very smart historians and looking at the history, and the history doesn't lie. And that's what I love about the internet. That's what I love about living in 2017. We actually have, in, you know, we have access to a lot of information, and so people should not just accept what they always hear, research it for yourself. I think that's the the, the best key to finding uh, truth.
1: I agree. And this is not to, <clears throat> to bash medical science or our, our wonderful doctor friends. This is an encouragement to open our minds and say, wait a minute, let's just use every aspect of reality. Let's use the whole truth concept to, to, help us heal ourselves remember with all due respect doctors don't heal anybody if they perform surgeries or they prescribe this or that they're just helping us to heal ourselves and that's what you're saying john is that when we understand the science behind nitric oxide what we're doing is we're using our own brain and our own initiative to help us heal ourselves is that correct exactly and and the reality is dan we
7: we have the finest interventive trauma surgery in the world. In, in America, we have the, you know, our emergency medicine for trauma, accidents, uh, severe injuries, that kind of thing, is second to none. Our transplantation of organs is arguably second to none. But everything else, we're rated 36th in the world. We think hmm. that we're the best. And, you know, our, our president says, you know, return us to greatness. Well, we're we're trying, but our medical system is not the best in the world and we don't do not have the cutting edge of everything because we're not uh, integrative enough and the term I like is integrative medicine and integrative mm-hmm. means that you find the place for where the chiropractor who knows more about the skeletal system than anybody works with the orthopedic who works with the physical therapist who works with the nutritionist who works with the acupuncturist or whatever All of these things, they should be working together. And there are are a few, John Hopkins and a few others, that are working towards a more integrative approach. And because of the Internet, they are being forced to do so. You know, people kept the, the value of vitamin D3 under wraps for years. And until Dr. Oz took it on television and then was, you know, essentially lambasted by his own colleagues, Uh, people didn't even know about vitamin D3. Well, now they're seeing that it's probably the most important thing to help prevent cancer. It's the most important thing to help uh, your immune system. Well, when you combine vitamin D3 with nitric oxide, you're getting essentially a, a bazooka of health and wellness in your body delivering at the cellular level. So one of the things that we've tried to do with our formula is put in 30 to 50 other ingredients that we can deliver to the tissue direct by the magic of nitric oxide, which essentially thins and heals the capillary wall. That's what it was proven through the uh, Nobel Prize to do. And so if you heal capillaries and make them more uh, pliable and healthier, then, then the nutrients are able to get out of the bloodstream into the cell, which is where they belong, because if it doesn't get out of the bloodstream, it ends up in the urine, and you just essentially urinate out whatever you're taking. So it's really important to get the absorption, which is what nitric oxide helps facilitate.
1: Yeah, you remind me of the fraternity line. You know, they shouldn't sell beer. They should rent it for as long as it stays in the body, and that's what you're saying as far as some of these prescribed drugs and some of these, these cock-and-bull uh, ideas of this will help you, this will not Exactly, guesses. And and the
7: reality is interesting. I mean, it's it, you brought up an interesting point. I, I was just going for a little walk here near St. George for a minute with my wife and our neighbor, her son was there and he graduated, you know, highly trained medical school, um, you know, works uh, very effectively in kind of emergency medicine and in dealing with uh, skeletal pain. And she introduced me and, you know, and I, you know, shared with him what I was doing. And then I asked him what he knew about nitric oxide. Now, this is a, you know, Forty-year-old highly trained physician, he says, "You know, I I really don't know much about it." And I wanted to say, "Wow, there's the problem." When you have some of the best and brightest physicians, and they don't even know about that this won the Nobel Prize in Medicine 20 years ago, and that it has a dramatic impact on everything in the body. What's happening is they're spending most of their time going to lunch with the pharmaceutical rep, who's telling them about, you know, which. Which of, this, you know, which of the latest drugs will only turn their hair, people's hair green and not have their fingers fall off from taking it, all the side effects. So yeah. it, they're spending all their time in the pharmaceutical world because those are the guys out there whining and dining and, and sending them on trips and paying for the continued education so that the education is based upon what they want them to know.
1: I totally agree. We need to go to commercial break, but what I want to do is just get people, again, to think and, 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 and allow our conversation to percolate in your mind and heart, in your soul. Are you doing everything in your power to create health and wellness in your life? And if not, why not? I don't get it. Here's the thought. Here's something that will shake you to your soul. I live in Utah, and I live in Utah on purpose. We have the greatest snow on earth avid skiers we have the beautiful mountains we have streams we have lakes we have fishing but we have incredible people and an incredible family oriented culture here I was the keynote speaker for two years in a row at the Utah Pharmacists Association Convention. So on my conference calls, I asked pertinent questions, tell me about the industry, the state of the, the community, tell us about Utah, you know, tell me about the attendees, what do they do, why do they do it? And I was privy to an inside information, a bit of inside information that still shakes me every day. I discovered that Utah physicians prescribe 400% more Prozac than any other state in the country. And you cannot tell me we have 400% more depressed people in Utah than any other state. Out of control, irresponsible physicians, and basically our culture that has taught us, hey, when you don't feel right, take this. If you need this, take that. If your cholesterol is high, take Pravastatin. You know, if you if you, if you have cramps or inflammation, take diclofenac. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And our guest, John Hewlett, can help us reverse that trend and help us start healing ourselves. This is Dan Clark, VoiceAmerica.com, the Influencers Channel. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with the incredible John Hewlett.
3: The stories. Be motivated. Be inspired.
8: Join us today. Voice America
3: Influencers.
8: Become a member of VoiceAmerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit VoiceAmerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. If you're an event meeting planner like me, you have two ongoing challenges. You can't afford to have a speaker who bombs. And when you do have an amazing speaker, who in the world do you bring into next year's meeting that will top them? Well, you never have to worry again. Book Dan Clark. Dan Clark is one of the most incredible human beings on the planet. He's been named one of the top 10 speakers in the world. He's known for customizing his speech around your meeting theme, so your people leave with benefits that last a lifetime. Here's the number, 1-800-676-1121, or just visit danclark.com.
3: We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired.
0: You're listening to The Art of Significance featuring your host, Dan Clark. If you want to join in on this week's discussion, give us a call at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or drop down a line via email to danclark at xmission.com. Now back to The Art of Significance. Here again is Dan Clark. And our
1: guest is John Hewlett, who spent 30 years as a business tax and estate planning strategist. And now he's focused in on helping heal the world, helping heal America, helping heal our veterans. You're an old buddy, brother, but it's such an honor to, to just always hang out with you. I just I, I, I just I love you, I honor you like you can't believe. Let's get back into the discussion of, of cardio miracle. Let's talk about nitric oxide, but your cardio miracle, you said you've added 30 key ingredients. That, that, in that in this magic blend, help us do what? Teach us about your specific version of, uh, of Cardio Miracle. Well,
7: nitric oxide, um, Dan, once it won the Nobel Prize, it got kind of sucked in by the bodybuilders because they, they saw that it dilated arteries, it helped with blood flow, and so they took a lot of it. Now, if you take a lot of arginine, which was the basis of nitric oxide signaling, it, it can, if you take too much of it, it, it can become toxic. And so it needs to be balanced with other ingredients. And the early uh, scientists discovered that. And so they combined it with citrulline, which ends up being a time release of arginine. And then a couple of years ago, uh, a, a group out of Texas discovered uh, the significance that nitric oxide uh, signaling came from beaks. And so they've done probably the best marketing job of anyone of uh, superbeets, and when you hear about it, and superbeets help uh, stimulate nitric oxide. So you have arginine, citrulline, and beets, uh, kale, spinach, and then there's a couple of other things, uh, noni and a few things have a, a, a stimulative effect on nitric oxide, So, but the secret is, is extending the nitric oxide 24 hours a day. Most nitric oxide is uh, for a one to two hour spike, so it works fine for a bodybuilder uh, pre-workout, but it, it, it just dilates the arteries. But if you end up with a nitric oxide boosting supplement that extends for 24 hours a day, it has an amazing impact on the wall of the capillaries, and it also has an amazing impact on the lymphatic vessels. And so if you're healing vessels, and most people don't understand, we've got 80,000 miles of blood vessels, but we have like 300 50,000 miles of lymphatic vessels. Nitric oxide stimulates and helps both of them. It helps dilate and heal the capillaries, and it helps stimulate and strengthen the lymphatic contraction. So if you're getting more nutrients and good blood flow and oxygen to the cell, and then conversely, the lymphatic system can get the toxic waste and the... uh, carbon dioxide, and other waste products out of the body more efficiently, you're going to be healthier. It's just common sense. And even though I, you know, I'm certainly not in any near the kind of shape that you are or my son, Jason, or other, I, you know, I've been kind of just a crazy driven workaholic for the last 20 years and trying to see if I can change the world. And I've had such an amazing experience as I've learned more and more about nitric oxide, but it, it really... Uh, makes me angry that everyone doesn't know. And so I'm grateful for the Superbeats people. I'm grateful for the pioneers who started nitric oxide uh, supplementation, but we've tried to take it to the next level by creating the highest, best, most sustained nitric oxide from multiple sources and then at the same time add world-class anti-inflammatories and vitamins and minerals and antioxidants and things that... That essentially, in most cases, most people can eliminate seventy five to eighty percent of their supplements by merely taking uh, a dose twice a day of, of the cardiomerical formula that we put together.
1: So give us a little bit about your family history, how, how many folks in your direct DNA bloodline have uh, have had early deaths, and then you rose to the occasion and decided you didn't want that to happen to you, and that's how you got interested in nitric oxide.
7: Well, essentially, all of them. My uh, my father at 62, my grandfather at 66, my uncle at 57 with his first heart event at 52, a, co- a cousin at, at 49, an aunt at, you know, uh, let's see, 68, had a stroke. So everyone in my uh, one side of my family had heart disease, and I did too. And I knew I had it. I just didn't want to deal with it at the time. I had a kind of a complicated part of my life where I had, you know, put a lot of energy into a, a, a side hobby company, took it to $100 million, and then all of a sudden got the rug pulled out from under me by the international licensor of my company. And so I ended up losing a bunch of money. And uh, so I was pretty depressed. And, uh, you know, I, I had let myself go somewhat from the athletic era of uh, of being in the 70s. But the reality was, I had chest pains. I had radiated arm. I had high blood pressure. Triglycerides were out of control. And now all of my markers are shocking for a guy who's unfortunately six four, should be seven foot, and still packing around just under three hundred pounds. So I, you know, I, I, it's amazing because my blood pressure is better than most marathon runners. My vitamin D level is better than most committed vegans. I mean. So I, I I have not been sick, and it's a it's an absolute uh, truth. I have not been sick since the spring of 2008. I haven't been sick one day, and um, I'm around sick people. I travel a lot, and you know what it's like being next to sick people on airplanes. I just I haven't been sick a day, and uh, you know. So I'm I'm hoping that as we continue to expand the business, I, I've got to force myself to be more take even better care of myself but to me i i view cardio miracle as the ultimate mulligan that you know i don't take two hours a day to go work out but uh i take two to four servings of my product and and i feel phenomenal and it's amazing i i'm working circles around uh people you know half my age and so i'm i feel very fortunate and um but the reality is it was my family history, and it's been wonderful because those in my family that I've been able to get to take it, their stories are fantastic. Their knee replacements go easier. I have a cousin who who you went to school with, Bill, Bill Christensen, who had chronic uh, Crohn's disease. All of his symptoms are now gone. His wife wow. had all kinds of uh, autoimmune things. Her symptoms are now gone. So we're seeing wonderful benefits, not because it's magic, it's, you know, what we call a miracle. What's a miracle? A miracle is something that's scientifically based, but we don't understand. Well, that's why we decided to call it Cardio Miracle. We don't totally understand everything nitric oxide does, we just know that it works. And the science is now catching up with all of the amazing benefits that it provides for people.
1: So let's jump to how you're helping our veterans. You and I both love our men and women in uniform, those who have served and and we need to support their families. And one of the best things we can do is not just thank them at an airport is to let them know about the science available and the medicine available, the homeopathic remedies, the supplements that you're famous for. Tell us a story uh, you were sharing with me off, off line here, brother, about a veteran who had been chronically ill for a thousand years and uh, now he's taking your product, and it's amazing what's happening. Tell us that story, please, bro. Well,
7: yeah, The background is, is that most people don't, aren't aware that, uh, of course, they've heard of Agent Orange. They don't really know what it is. But essentially, it's like standing in your shower and having uh, 50 gallons of Roundup coming out of your shower on top of your head uh, at multiple concentration. Our soldiers in Vietnam were standing in the fields, the jungles while airplanes dumped cargo loads of Agent Orange on the vegetation around them. In fact, this, this uh, captain that I was with the other day in Florida said, he said, John, it was so hot and it was so horrible. He said, when they dumped the Agent Orange, we all took our shirts off because it was the only thing that would cool us off. So they were literally bathing themselves in this coming out of, as they watched the plants wither and die right in front of their eyes and didn't connect the dots that what it was doing to a plant would certainly do it to their skin. Well, we know that we lost, what, 50,000 in, in Vietnam. We lost 50 in uh, Desert Storm. Desert Storm required uh, complete anthrax vaccinations for everyone. Everyone's nervous that Saddam Hussein was going to turn loose anthrax on our troops. So anyone associated with the military, not just those in battle, but anyone was given force to either take the anthrax vaccination or you know, be kicked out. And so they did that. And since that time, we've had thousands. The estimates are almost too scary, but more than died in Vietnam have now been died attributed to some aspect of the suspect of the vaccination for anthrax from the desert storm, as well as hundreds of thousands that have been impacted by Agent Orange from Vietnam. And what it has happened is that these guys come home, they're so sick and their symptoms are so horrific that the doctors, the well-meaning doctors, you know, the VA or whatever, put them on 12, 15 medications, including two or three antidepressants. And so every 65 minutes in this country, a veteran's committing suicide. They're committing suicide Um. because they can't think straight. From all these toxic side effects of the medication, which was, you know, uh, an effort to try to help alleviate these horrific symptoms from Agent Orange and the anthrax vac- vaccination. So I was with a captain, uh, double purple heart, uh, an American hero, wounded with 12 of his special forces, all of them, but two of them were killed in the attack. They were left you know, they're in the middle of a field, and he ended up uh, you know, he's had surgeries, you know for 40 years. 45 years, and uh, his blood pressure is out of control. He has reconstructive surgery. He has neuropathy so bad they test him with needles uh, every three weeks, and uh, I happened to meet him through our uh, mutual uh, contact, Kentuckiana Jones, and uh, visited with him this last week, and with tears in his eyes, he told me that it is his last visit to the VA after taking his two servings a day of Cardio Miracle, for three weeks, that his blood pressure was 30 points less than what it would have been in all the previous visits. In fact, the nurse says, I think the machine's broken. Let me get another machine. She went and got another machine and she said, your blood pressure's never been normal in this office. And so he was thrilled about that. But then when they tested him for the neuropathy, sticking a needle in his arms, his forearms and his legs, it had stopped progressing for the first time in 12 years. Now, I Hmm. don't know, but There's nothing else he's done differently. Well, all he knows is he's feeling energy, he's sleeping more soundly, the terror dreams have diminished, and those types of things. And so, you know, if you look at the science, the science of nitric oxide will support all of those things improving. We can't make those medical claims. Our claim is that we believe that we help produce and stimulate nitric oxide better than any other product that we found. And, uh, but it's the nitric oxide research, which is done in the, in the laboratories at, at the universities. But for some reason, Dan, it hasn't gone out to connect the dots. Well, it's because natural substances compete with drugs and surgery. And if you can do it naturally, that doesn't fit into the profit motive of the, of the corporate world, uh, of the world we live in. And so my message to people is, do your own homework. Do your own research. Don't expect your doctor to know everything about this. You, you'll have a better chance with a naturopath, an osteopath, somebody who's trained in integrative medicine. But, you know, you can take them a, a label off of our product and say, is there anything in this that can hurt me? And the reality is there's nothing. We've put in the best of the best ingredients. But our, our, motive, our motive is to help give people their freedom back, their quality of life their lifestyle, um, their sexual health, which this happened to be the precursor for the development of uh, Viagra, the nitric oxide science. So it helps everything with blood flow. But these athletes, the other thing, and and I know that you're really always excited about the athletic performance, we're seeing the VO2 max of oxygen uptake improve by 20 25%. We're seeing people recover in half the time because of the stimulation of the lymphatic system, They run a marathon or an Ironman, and instead of being crippled for five days, the next day they're back on their bike and pedaling around. They're, They're shocked, and it's because if the lymphatic does its job better and the cardiovascular does its job more efficiently, it's only common sense the body's going to respond favorably.
1: Okay, brother, we we got to take a break. Uh, you know, I got to bring this this amazing interview to a close and have you back again. But bottom line, how do we get a hold of Cardio Miracle? How do we give us one last shot in the arm of how critically important it is for us to understand that doctors don't heal anybody; they just allow us and help us heal ourselves. How do we get a hold of your amazing product, brother?
7: Well, I know that you're you're so into the veterans and and. Basically, what we need to do is we're going to set up a special hotline for uh, the Clark uh, clan. But right now, if they would go to CardioMiracle.com forward slash VSP, Veteran Soil Project, VSP. If they go to that uh, website, CardioMiracle.com forward slash VSP, and then if they put in the promo code of TUCK, T-U-C-K, TALK. T A L K Tuck Talk is the promo code. They'll get a nice discount on some Cardio Miracle and 20% of everything that's sold. We're going to donate to veterans who can't afford it uh, as part of our charitable outreach to the
1: veterans. And I appreciate that. And I am a uh, a partaker of Cardio Miracle. You know that, man. It's awesome. And it's uh, you know I had my hip replaced on December 19th, and the increase of blood flow helped my. My rehab so quickly. Anyway, I love you, John Hewlett. This is John Hewlett, one of the most amazing human beings on the planet. And I can't wait to have you back, brother. This is Dan Clark. you so is much, Voice Dan. Of- it's always an honor to be hanging out yeah, with my old friend. You're a good man, brother. Thanks. As we go to break, I want to uh, I want to challenge all the listeners to go absolutely nowhere. You'll have a couple of minutes maybe to have a comfort break Get hydrated because we're going to conclude this entire two-hour show with a a, a man and woman, a husband and wife team that are literally transforming what we've been talking about this entire two-hour show. They're transforming our ability to think differently towards mental health, towards getting up and going again and becoming all that we were born to be. With my involvement with the military, everybody seems to continuously call this horrific condition that our troops are coming back from the war with called PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. And the new science is it's not a disorder. It is post-traumatic stress. It is what it is. It's stress. And if we start looking at it as an injury, it's amazing how in my experience being injured so many times, playing football for 13 years and being involved in an athletic endeavor my entire life, how I know that if we get injured and we go through the proper steps of rehabilitation, the injured part of our body becomes stronger than it was before we injured it. And coming on our show, we're going to have an amazing conversation with Dr. Benita Quakenbush Roberts, still the coolest name I've ever heard in my life, Dr. Bonita Quakenbush Roberts and her husband, Gary, founded Avalon Hills Eating Disorder Treatment Center in 2003, but they don't just specialize in this eating disorder treatment center. What they do as psychologists with 20 plus years of clinical experience working with kids, teens, and adults with a wide range of mental health issues. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back right after this commercial break.
3: We don't follow, we lead. Join us. The Voice America Influencers Channel.
4: I just got out of a meeting where the unbelievable Dan Clark was the keynote speaker. He is clearly the most interesting man in the world. He's been in the space. He reminded us to think bigger. He's a primary contributor to those chicken soup books. And he inspired all of us to make our lives matter. He taught us how to deal with change like he had to when he had to recover from a paralyzing football injury. Everybody needs to hear his message on leadership and safety and how he turns last-place NFL teams into Super Bowl champions. Call this number, one 800 676 1121 and visit danclark.com.
9: Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at vapresspass.com. That's vapresspass.com. VA PressPass by Voice America.
5: All access all the time. I'm busy and so is my family. Leftover pizza and unhealthy takeout isn't really doing it for us anymore.
4: Influence is often inherited but more often created from our actions. The Voice America Influencers Channel brings together those who are creating and leading the way and those who will create the road from nowhere in the future. Being an influencer isn't always about being the most important person in the world. It's about being the most influential person in the world around you. A better manager, a better friend, a better marketer or strategic planner. The Voice America Influencers Channel is about becoming better and earning influence. Be an influencer. Join us today.
3: This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired.
0: You're listening to The Art of Significance, featuring your host, Dan Clark. If you want to join in on this week's discussion, give us a call at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795 or drop down a line via email to danclark at xmission.com. Now back to the Art of Significance. Here again is Dan Clark.
1: Welcome back, and I hope you've been with me the entire two hours. In the beginning segment, as you know, I pontificated about fake news, about understanding confirmation bias, and making sure that we don't just ask questions, but we question the answers. And we seek whole truth, especially when it comes to our personal health and wellness. And then my next, my first guest in my next part of the show was my good dear friend, John Hewlett, who has spearheaded uh, organizing an organization, a company called Cardio Miracle that specializes in nitric oxide and disseminating that information and in products with nitric oxide across the planet because of what it does as Nobel Prize winning medicine in in really solidifying our understanding of what is called integrated medicine. I played football for 13 years. I know you listeners know that. And I was paralyzed for 14 months. 16 doctors told me I would never get better. As I started to get better, I was asked to speak. And that's how I became a professional speaker, started writing books and songs. But my, my recovery only began when I sought out an extraordinary chiropractor who did more than just chiropractic medicine. He was a, he was a front runner in, in, in integrated muscle, whatever, activation, named Dr. Craig Buehler, and I'll have him on the show at some point. But what I learned through my own recovery and my own experience is that our bodies can heal themselves if we talk to the right people who teach us the right processes, who allow us to open up and trigger those mechanisms in ourselves that actually help us get back up and go again. And the rumor on the street, my friends, is that Dr. Benita Quakenbush is the forerunner. She is the the the, the thought leader in this field of of dealing with mental health issues. And she, as I said before the break. Benita is the founder of Avalon Hills Eating Disorder Treatment Center in 2003. Benita is a psychologist with 20 plus years of clinical experience working with kids, teens, and adults with a wide range of mental health issues. And joining us on the call is her, is her partner in crime, the amazing Dr. Tara. And I welcome both of you to the show. I hope you can answer some of my tougher questions. How are you?
10: Well, oh, great! Thanks for having us, Dan. Really excited to be here. This is very exciting, and well, I, I—that—that I, I, uh, that was some information I didn't know about you in terms of being paralyzed and being able to uh, for your body to heal. Actually, the same concepts of neuroplasticity that can be uh, directed in the body can also be directed in the mind, and, uh, and that's like, Wow, I, I wish I'd known you. <laughs> now, this is You're interesting.
2: Our connections
10: already. Well, you know, part of your bio is
1: so intriguing along those lines because it says Avalon Hills offers a path to recovery using innovation and in research and by providing experiences that facilitate psychological growth. And here's the kicker that you just brought up. Your clients create new behaviors using a combination of traditional psychotherapies and applied neuroscience, including the latest discoveries about human brain plasticity. Talk to us about that Plastic, plasticity. Did I get that right?
10: <laughs> yes, you did. Yes, you did. And Tara, do you want to you want to take that and then terms of, of how oh. that works in the program?
2: Definitely. So the applied neuroscience aspect of our program is a really important component. And basically, it's founded on the principle that neurons that fire together, wire together. And I often use a sledding metaphor when I'm explaining this to patients, and it's like pristine Utah snow. A baby brain is born, and um, those connections, all those connections are happening as they're learning new information. But as uh, neuropathways form... Um, and people make the same choice over and over and over again, this applies to any sort of repetitive behavior we do as humans, the path becomes more and more ingrained. So, for example, the first time neural pathways are formed, it's like taking your first run down a sledding hill. And then, as all good kids know, they take the same run over and over and over again. And that becomes your hardwiring or your default mode. And what we're seeing with people who are struggling with mental illness is their default mode has often become something that leads them not toward wellness, but further and further away over time. So that's really one way that we talk about neuroplasticity in a user-friendly format um, in terms of rewiring the brain. So anything that we do differently, um, sort of opposing our natural default modes, Our brain is a lazy organ, so our default mode always wins unless we're on top of our game trying to really restructure our choices in our life. So every time we make an alternative choice, we're building something called the executive control network. And that is really us directing our behavior rather than being um, sort of at the mercy of our circumstances or maybe the path of least resistance, because moving toward wellness definitely takes effort.
1: Okay, so that makes sense. But the the layman's um, explanation of changing habits goes back to it takes 21 to 30 days of conscious effort to change a habit and replace an old habit with a new one. Do you agree with that? And using this this scientific explanation, is that really the case, though? All of us really can change the way we thought and behaved, even though we think that's the way we are.
10: Hey, this is Benita. I'd like to, to answer that one. The, the, the individuals that come in to our treatment program, they definitely share a lot in common. There's also there, there's, there's quite a bit of a variant for what reasons they're stuck in patterns that are, you know, that are... Um, you know inhibiting them for from the experiencing well being and so most of us if we're you know if it if it's a habit yes that 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 staying with it that twenty one days mm-hmm. it, you really can begin rewiring, but for for more severe and more complex situations or it not only takes longer but maybe People don't know they they can't get traction. Mm-hmm. They cannot get traction, and so that Dan, that's one of the reasons why we we have one of the most comprehensive, intensive beginning assessments, and we can, and we continue that assessment throughout treatment to because what is happening in the individual's body and brain. <clears throat> There's variance, mm-hmm. and now we're able to, to get information. And one of the assessment tools we use is um, is the you know, quantitative EEG brain map, but we use other assessment materials as well. And we, we so we're getting information now that we weren't getting before. That helps us guide what what intervention we use with what person at what time Mm -hmm. in their course. And maybe an individual hasn't been getting better. We we might be their 12th treatment. But with that information, we are now beginning to make progress where individuals have been stuck for a long time. It's Mm -hmm. really, really exciting. It's
2: really because we've had several patients even in the past few weeks that we've discovered things that when undetected for years prior, and as Benita mentioned, most of our patients have had up to seven, uh, that average is seven previous residential eating disorders admissions, so we really want mm-hmm. to be the stop of that revolving door of them in and out and in and out of higher levels of care and often dying in the process. The reality is yes. eating disorders are the deadliest mental illness,
1: Absolutely. so we take
2: what we do very seriously.
1: And you're so famous for actually having the solutions that everybody's seeking. You know, many years ago, I was the keynote speaker at a national convention for therapists and medical uh, practitioners for those who were suffering or or challenged with eating disorders. So I read up everything I possibly could to prepare myself for my remarks. And as I was taking the stage, I, I was perplexed by why they were calling it an eating disorder when I realized that it didn't have anything to do with food. And so at the beginning of my speech, you know, I tactfully singled out someone that I could tell just by her posture and her demeanor and her personality that she could interact with me from stage. And I said, Are you tall? Are you short? Are you wide? Are you thin? Are you fast? Are you slow? Are you smart? Are you stupid? Are you pretty? Are or you, are you pretty ugly? Says who compared to what? And then I used the old analogy, proverb—you know, perver- you know, sticking a young lady on a, on the proverbial des- deserted island with no access to, fashion magazines or the Photoshop Twiggy models that are unreal. Would she love herself? Would she suddenly know that she's okay just the way she is because she doesn't have anything to compare herself with? Best is only relevant depending on what you compare yourself with. And because of your fame on the street, ladies, I, I want everybody to know this, and I want you to talk about it. Eating disorder symptoms are not the heart of the illness. And so now I know it, and I'm so. And it's so. It, it's so important that all of my listeners know that they are attempts to deal with underlying problems that have gone undetected. And what you just said a moment ago, Doctor Tara. It's true, illuminate on that, that you've had these issues, these individuals come into your clinic seeking help for eating disorders, but through your amazing assessment program, you were able to find out what the real challenges are. Am I, am I hearing you correctly?
2: That's exactly right. And an eating disorder is never just an eating disorder, there are always uh, a complex interplay of etiological factors that led them to that point, almost always anxiety, depression we see a lot of history of trauma. So the eating or body image or externalizing these things that's just the way they've come to cope with all of the the underlying factors that have led them to that. So honestly that's why it takes such a multidisciplinary and comprehensive approach to really fully help someone heal from an eating disorder. Uh It so affect do you- people cognitively, physiologically. So even if, if they had sort of a fighting chance, once they've used their symptoms for such a long period of time, they don't necessarily even have the cognitive capacity to help themselves at a certain point.
1: And that's what you're able to do in your clinic?
2: Definitely. We, we really um, work hard diligently with our patients in conjunction with their outpatient teams and their families to first interrupt symptoms, do that big comprehensive assessment that guides our treatment for all departments from medical to dietary to therapy to applied neuroscience and even our more experiential interventions those folks sit on our treatment team as well equine specialists yoga teachers so we're uh, martial arts we're very focused on a holistic approach because honestly everyone's path to healing needs to be as individualized as their set sort of circumstances so we really do uh, cater their treatment to their their individual assessment, their quantitative EEG, and what we think creatively is going to help them get well.
1: That's so well-spoken. Okay, so... In my experience, I hope you agree that we don't manage people, we manage expectations. So if someone comes into your clinic and I didn't want to interrupt you, but I wanted to add this to your commentary, when someone comes into your clinic, what expectation do you set for them? Because in this instantaneous world, we want coffee right now. We want mm-hmm. everything right now, instant gratification. Manage our expectation at Avalon. What do we what do we expect when we come in the door? And you women are so extraordinary. I love talking to you on the phone because I can hear you smile, as they say. But t- talk to us about the expectation from a parent's perspective, from a colleague's perspective, from a significant other who, who wants their loved one to, to, to find the help that they deserve. And obviously, Avalon Hills does that. Teach us about the expectation and continue the conversation that I interrupted.
10: Okay, I, I want to uh, respond to that, and then, Tara, I want you to come in uh, more clinically. Mm-hmm. This, this is a real problem, Dan, right now. Um, we are... I, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm private. I, I'm a sole owner for the reason I get very... I, I find meaning in advancing the field, I, I, want, I want this to be the race for the cure, not only for eating disorders, but all the, the comorbid disorders that we treat, that accompany eating disorders, basically mental health. And um, our industry has been hijacked. The um, Unfortunately, the legislation that was meant to not only bring access, care, but access to quality care that, that actually met the standard of care best practice guidelines was hijacked and the public doesn't even know it because they never got to experience that new normal. So, <clears throat> I, I mean, I'm a for-profit company, but it's for-profit in treating toward the cure where what's happening in my industry is... It's a gold rush, and it is just about, you know, taking the cream off the top to get, you know, short, short-term treatment that's promising quick fixes for one of the most lethal mental health conditions that there is, and it's creating a revolving door. And these individuals are, they, they, they're, they're getting sicker and sicker. And I believe that an individual with an eating disorder dies every 62 minutes. Mm-hmm. I think that's the most recent statistic. Oh, my gosh. And so when we're meeting, when we're talking with parents about expectations, we're being up front. Mm-hmm. And they're not necessarily hearing what they want to hear. And, and it's like when you have stage 3 cancer, you know, you treat it with stage 3 or plus. Mm-hmm. you know, interventions. You, you don't treat stage 3 or stage 4 cancer with stage 1 interventions for the sake of profit. So our expectations, uh, um, we, we, we actually have developed a roadmap, which is on our website. Half of what we do is treatment I'm, I never envisioned that the other half of what we do now is education and advocacy. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, we're fighting for our patients and we're fighting for our field. And people can be cured. Mm-hmm.
2: Recovery is totally possible.
10: And, and so we're, we're, that's one of the expectations that we're setting. We also set the expectations of you know, bring them into understanding what the stages of neuroplastic healing are mm-hmm. and it's not something that happens overnight. Mm-hmm. By the time people are coming in, into our level of care, they're really ill. Mm-hmm. And and the their profiles are different and their relationships have suffered. You know, th- there's a lot to work with when you're working with a human being. Mm-hmm. And so I, I'm getting may turn this over to Tara, but it we're we're honest with them. The the, the quick fixes that are being promised by a lot unethical and and quite and in, in practices that really deviate from from best care, we, we tell them it's it's not going to work. More than likely, it's not going to work. Uh, the guest that was just on, he said, "You know, do your homework." Mm-hmm. And that, maybe it was you, Dan, who said, "Not only ask the questions, but then you question the answers." Absolutely. And, and it, it, yeah. So Tara, maybe well, clinically, I, the, you can answer that more.
1: And let me but just throw taking the, that
10: responsibility to really. People don't know, this is a more nebulous area. And so really, really doing one's homework to know that the expectations that are being told are, are legit.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the Avalon Hills expectation that you set is that your center treats to outcome as a commitment to treatments that are sustainable when clients return home. <laughs> That's a yes. pretty cool expectation. And if I'm coming into your clinic and you can explain that to me, then suddenly I don't put a time limit on it. I'm like, I'm here, help me heal. Is that, mm-hmm. is that fair?
2: That's very fair. And I think we relate it to a marathon, not a sprint. And I think you hit the nail on the head to say, it, it takes a lot of time to figure out, A, what's going on, what those etiological factors are, and then B, to actually treat them to a point where the individual can successfully step down to a lower level of care, they have access to in their home community. So that's really the goal of treat-to-outcome, is to allow for a sufficiently long residential stay so they don't have to keep repeating those higher levels of care. Um, And honestly, every time someone relapses, so if you think of sort of an anxiety exposure model, every time you avoid something that you fear the fear gets stronger. So, every time someone does like a 21-day a treatment and it's barely enough <laughs> to, make, to make a difference and then their insurance company says they're ready to discharge, they go home, they immediately start using symptoms, and every time they do that replay over and over, their symptom pattern gets stronger, going back to that metaphor of the neuroplasticity, what fires together, wires together. So, Every time they face a relapse like that, to be honest, we see it come back more fast and furious. And the reality is that people die as a result of that. So Benito was speaking very candidly about these shorter lengths of treatment actually making people worse. And that's honestly why we feel they're so unethical yes. and why we <laughs> make it our life's mission to be the
10: opposite of those treatments that Avalon. have And, and I'd like to add additionally, yeah. it's not it's not just about the length of stay. I actually understand that good treatment is expensive and it's stressful on families mm-hmm. financially, but, it, but it's stressful, uh, you know, pragmatically and for, you know, many other reasons. And so having the, driving the field forward, mm-hmm. you know, really the race for the cure, mm-hmm. that's, that's where, well, that's what we're going to do. That's, right. what, that's what we're doing. And so it, I, I, you know, some people get better quicker. It is wonderful. But some of these cases are really complex. And when I see the families as well as the patients in so much distress mm-hmm. because they're not better yet, it just makes me want to figure it out more. And you know what? And we are. Like we're... Sorry, I get so passionate about this. But when you mm-hmm. see they're hurting mm-hmm. and they're struggling and they've had all these failures before. Yeah. So so the quicker... It, so I guess what I'm trying to say is it's not, just, it's not just the length of stay. It is just as in all the areas of medicine... We got to keep innovating. We got to keep improving. And mm-hmm. and I, and I got to tell you, getting outside of our own field has been a very positive thing in bringing new science, new innovations, new mm-hmm. possibilities. And we brought that back into our own field.
1: Yeah, just as, as you... And one other
2: expectation, Dan, I just want to put out there is that we sort of didn't uh, Mention already is to toot our, our utilization reviews <laughs> horn for a minute. They really partner well with families and work tirelessly to fight for the coverage that is due based on the policyholders. We've all paid our premiums and we expect our insurance to sort of have our back when we need it. But oftentimes insurance cuts out prior mm. to a patient actually being ready for discharge. And we have heard a lot of stories from dozens of families over time that no other center has really helped them fight for the coverage that they're due with their insurance company. So that's another thing that helps us get those links of stay that are required for patients to move toward wellness. So we have a really talented, not just treatment team, but on our business side are utilization review folks.
1: I totally, I totally, I totally get way. it. You know, if, if fighters, if, <laughs> yeah. no, I love it. I love it. If, but from a financial perspective, we all need to remember: if money becomes the topic of conversation, it means the presentation is weak and the relationship is non-existent. So I drive almost one hour one way to bank, and never once have I ever asked what the interest rates are on my loans. We've got to figure out a way to always remember the difference between price and cost. And it's like the television mm-hmm. commercial of the auto mechanic. He, he looks into the camera and he says, you know, either pay me for an oil change right now and a new oil filter or pay me later for a new engine. It's your choice. Mm-hmm. Pay me now or pay me later. And I think that's the mentality we need when we start addressing mental health issues, especially when we're in, in charge of advocating for our friends and families. And that's what makes you women so famous is your advocacy. I loved what you said at the beginning that you're not just clinical and you're not just on the therapeutic side, but you're on the educational side. And hopefully all of my listeners can start educating, helping you educate the public on the significance of addressing our mental health issues when we are raised as men be a big boy don't cry that's not healthy and I'm mm-hmm. so tired of having us think that it's a sign of weakness when we seek help when in reality that's a sign of strength we need to take a commercial break my guests are, Deni- are Dr. Benita Quickenbush again to love that name and I can't say your last name Tara so I'm just going to say and Dr. Tara This is Dan Clark, VoiceAmerica.com, the Influencers Channel. Let's go to a commercial break and then we'll be back with my two wonderful guests to wrap up our show today. I'll be back in a moment.
3: Hear the stories. Be motivated. Be inspired. Join us today. Voice America Influencers.
4: I just got out of a meeting where the unbelievable Dan Clark was the keynote speaker. He is clearly the most interesting man in the world. He's been in space. He reminded us to think bigger. He's a primary contributor to those chicken soup books. And he inspired all of us to make our lives matter. He taught us how to deal with change like he had to when he had to recover from a paralyzing football injury. Everybody needs to hear his message on leadership and safety and how he turns last place NFL teams into Super Bowl champions. Call this number, one 800 676 1121 and visit danclark.com.
8: Become a member of voiceamerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top.
3: Be inspired.
0: You're listening to The Art of Significance, featuring your host, Dan Clark. If you want to join in on this week's discussion, give us a call at one 472 5795 Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or drop down a line via email to danclark at xmission.com. Now, back to the art of significance. Here again is Dan Clark.
1: Welcome back with my guest, Dr. Benita Quakenbush. I love that name. And Dr. Tara. They are the advocates for, for mental health awareness and healing. And uh, Dr. Benita, she is the owner of Avalon Hills which is a treatment center, but it's so much more than that. I hope you listeners have been tuned in this entire time. We only have a few minutes before we go to the end of the hour and end this two-hour show. But off the air, we were talking a little bit about the reality of making it safe for every single one of us to seek help. And the analogy that I drew was that every professional athlete, every extraordinary Olympian still has a coach. At the highest levels, Michael Jordan had a coach the greatest musicians and dancers in the world continuously work with their instructors continuously take classes at some point in our lives we have to start thinking of mental health awareness and true mental mental health and, and physical and mental being well-being as seeking a coach, seeking someone who knows more than us, who can hold us accountable, who can stretch us and push us to the highest level. And is that not what Avalon Hills really at the bottom of the at the end of the day at the bottom line really does for us?
10: Wow. yes, it is. I think Tara and I are uh, if you could see our faces, um, but it starts at it, you know what and it started with us. When we we there's too much suffering. There's too much suffering of um, not only with those with eating disorders, but those who are suffering with mental health. And we said, okay, um, let let let's, let let let's get some coaching. Mm-hmm. Let let let's get to the world experts. And that's exactly what we did. Mm-hmm. And we. We still have ongoing consultation with international and national uh, experts in interpersonal neurobiology, in neuroplasticity, in psychotherapy, applied neuroscience, and basic neuroscience. And that was threatening to some people. Uh, Those of of us, though, at the core of Avalon, that... I mean that we thrive on that. We too see it as a stream. Yeah, we're we're
2: really driven to learn and grow clinically to help our patients. And
10: we believe in it, and so we're you know, we're we're transmitting that to our patients and to our families. But we we wanted more success on that path to well-being. And there are very traditional aspects of our program and there's very innovative, mm-hmm. uh, futuristic, and there's also backwards into some old traditions that have, have fallen to the side because, quite frankly, they're too expensive. Mm-hmm. So we've integrated all that back in. But I, just, I guess my point is, wow, we had, to, we had to get to that same point, too. We wanted... We saw it as we could be better... If we asked for help, Mm -hmm. and we did. And there's so many people who were thrilled, who were thrilled to be able to mentor us Mm -hmm. and and, um, to invest in us.
2: It's been professionally really invigorating, and the changes in
10: our program have evidenced that it was a really positive move for us. And our, and, so, our, and our 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 patients and their families
1: are are benefiting from this. Yeah, uh, I, I I think that is so wonderful. A lot of us, we think you know socially. Let's just say that that the three of us meet someplace socially over a weekend, and I use that classic lame intro line. So tell me about yourself. <laughs> and how often do we, do we default, well, I'm the type of person who, or I'm the type of person that, that answer just gags me because what we're saying is this is it. This is all I'll ever be. What you see is what you get. And how shameful and how sad is that response? What we need to believe is that no matter what our past has been, we have a spotless future. And it's an honor to meet you ladies and talk to you. Let me ask you one more intriguing question as we go down to the end of the hour. So you also include martial arts and yoga as part of your therapy. Teach me about that because I think that's so significant that we bring in that integrative uh, medicine message from John Hewlett, the previous guest. And, And again, I echo my recovery from my paralysis was not just physical paralysis, but it was emotional paralysis. And I had to get my mind right, my heart right. I had to connect my whole entire body in any yeah. way possible to start healing from the inside out. So teach us about martial arts and yoga. How do you integrate that into your into your sessions, into your therapy? And then we'll wind down and I'll ask you how we can get a hold of you at avalonhills.org.
2: Yeah, that's a great question. So most of our um, treatments for eating disorders historically have been based on the cortex, so the top of the brain, and um, really – Top down, so your brain is organized in a variety of structures. And what we're finding with the quantitative EEGs from our patient patient population, there's a large subset of them that have disconnection with their body. And clinically, we've known about this. Anybody who's worked with folks with eating disorders knows there's either a real hypersensitivity to bodily cues or a complete disconnection. And we see the complete disconnection a lot more often, and they sort of refer to themselves as a floating head. Like, if I could just ignore the fact that I have a body, I would. So we're seeing that in action in their quantitative EEGs, and really it lends so much credence to our, what we call, bottom-up work, which means it's, it's helping people integrate their mind and body, receiving cues from the viscera, so the bottom, the, anywhere in their extremities, anywhere in their body, that helps them really integrate and organize their brain. So we use that brain map to really tell us this person definitely needs yoga or this person might respond more to martial arts because of these findings in their individual quantitative EEG. So really yoga, martial arts, equine therapy as well, those are modalities that help people sort of loosen up the blocks they have when they're trying to work traditionally, which is more top-down. Because... Our patients are brilliant. They're creative. They're extremely talented. That's why they're so fun to work with, but they're really good at staying in their heads. So these modalities really help us get them into their body so they can realize new insights and more points of connection so they get unstuck, honestly. So it's,
10: that's why yoga and martial arts are critical. It's about brain integration it and is. ultimately, right, I mean, you, we might be working and brainstem our limbic. Mm -hmm. Insula, cingulate, yes. All these are really
2: important. And the self-state. So um, the self-centers in the brain are also really implicated in eating disorder, anxiety, depression. So yoga, martial arts, in conjunction with traditional psychotherapy, that's really the treatment of choice at this point. Based on the science that we have, that brain map really tells us these are the areas that are not integrated. (laughs) These are the... uh, Super highways in this brain that are leading this person down a path that is unsustainable. Um, so
10: that's exactly why. Yeah, and, and that and that and the brain map is also collaborated through other clinical and uh, cognitive, personality, other physiological measures, and our our therapists, our psychotherapists, on our steep learning curve, we 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 expect. Talk about setting setting expectations. We want our patients to not just manage their symptoms. We want transformation. Well, we as professionals need to be transformed as well. Mm -hmm. We need to model that in our own learning. So transformation, not just symptom management.
1: (laughs) No, I love it. I love it. You know, when I was paralyzed for 14 months and I started to get better, everybody now asks me, (laughs) <laughs> Two questions. What took you so long? In other words, if you were going to get better, why did you delay? But most importantly, the reason why I stayed paralyzed for 14 months because I was asking the wrong que- it was because I was asking the wrong questions. I was asking the doctors how to get better when I should have been asking myself why. Once we answer why, figuring out the how to is pretty simple. So when you bring up this brain science, obviously the limbic system and so- I mean the limbic system in that side of the brain. It's where our feelings and our decision-making reside. And on the neocortex side of the brain, that's where our our language and our rational thought reside. So you notice that our language and our feelings come from two different sides of the brain, which means we can't always explain what we feel or why we do what we do. Mm
9: -hmm. So it
1: sounds to me like your integrated therapy with... All of your clinical therapists and all of the the, the technical left brain cognitive side side of, of what you do at Avalon Hills is so extraordinary but your love and your compassion comes through the phone lines, my friends and obviously you understand at a deeper level than most than probably most clinics in our country of how to how to connect both sides of the brain, how to connect the head mm-hmm. with the heart and, and get those, those, those outcomes that we desire. So I, I cannot oh, oh, wait oh to meet gosh, you man. ladies in person. Uh, one, I of, cannot. one of
10: the experts that we consult with um, in Canada, uh, Dr. Norman Deutsch, a neuroplastician, uh, he's going to be presenting in Utah um, March 19th at Generations keynote and also at an eating disorder conference uh, later that week in Orlando. And But this left-right thing... He's going to go into detail about that.
2: Mm-hmm. So March nineteenth,
10: oh, yeah. in yes. Salt Lake City, Dr. Norman Deutsch has been invited by Generations to speak, and he's I going to be it. going into this, and um, not only in detail, but he, he he's a wonderful speaker.
1: All right. Well, remind me off air about that, and I can't wait to meet you um, you women in person. How do we get a hold of you as we wind down our time here?
2: Yeah, Dan, the best way is to visit avalonhills.org, and we'd be happy to receive emails from any of your listeners via our info site there. And we're also on Facebook and Instagram.
1: All right, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Let me just wind off, uh, I mean, uh, wind out our two hour show with just one of my classic 30 second vignettes that puts a bow, ties a bow around our entire two hour conversation with John Hewlett with uh, Dr. Benita, Dr. Tara. A mother encourages her daughter to come home as soon as school is over. The time comes, the time goes. 30 minutes later, daughter walks in through the front door of her home and her mother scolds her. Where have you been? I've been worried sick. She says, oh, mommy, I walked my friend Sally home. She dropped her doll on the sidewalk. It broke all the pieces. It was awful. Her mother said, so you're late because you stayed to help your friend pick up the pieces of the doll and put it back together again? She said, oh, no, mommy, I don't know how to fix the doll I just stayed to help her cry. If you get nothing else out of the show today, ladies and gentlemen, please know that it's not a sign of weakness to seek a coach, to seek a therapist, to seek help, especially when it comes to mental wellness. It's a sign of strength. God bless us. Remember our military in your prayers. And until we meet again next week, you have a great day and do everything in your power to transform your life from success to significance by making a difference in in another person's life. God bless, and have a great week.
0: Thanks for being part of the show. Be sure to join Dan Clark next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time, for another edition of The Art of Significance on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Remember, you too can achieve the level beyond success.